everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Far Shore. Hey, I'm looking forward to this part two, James. We, we left us all yeah. on, a, on a cliffhanger last week. That's right, Andy. We did. We did. This is whatever, the Infinity War part two. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the culmination of, you know, years and years of... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this, this second part, it, it tries to be a little bit more hopeful. Um, right. tries to get a little bit more practical. Um, Dave and I kind of start discussing, so what? You know, if, right. if this is how people feel, if people are feeling disillusioned, mm. so what? Uh, and then also, you know, I think I asked Dave the question as well, what did you do? You know, since you yeah. were feeling that way, now you've ended up planting a church. Yeah. Uh, so, so what now? Hey, you might want, you might need to remind, or not to remind people, but uh, if someone has just decided to listen to a podcast entitled Part Two without listening to Part One, do you want to be... tell somebody, somebody what, what we're actually talking about? Well, I guess that would be a really interesting choice on their part. Yeah, so, I know, uh, I know. yeah. But hey, so it happens, it happens. It does, I guess it does happen. It does happen. <laughs> so in Part One of Church Culture, uh, I was talking to Dave Montoya, he is a church planter in Chico, California of North State Community Church. And we are having less of an interview and more of a discussion on kind of our frustrations and disillusionment with, with the American church culture. Mm. And I think one of the things we talk about is that, that these things aren't just about the American church because the American yeah. church influences the world church um, and also you know, if you're at church in, in the UK, I know from speaking to friends there too, that, that some of these frustrations are viable there as well. Yeah, um, so basically this first part, we kind of talk about that um, and, and it kind of left on on a note of hope at the end. I think there's one 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 yeah, sentence of hope at the end there and then it kind of ended. And, and we're actually going to go kind of straight into the, mm. the second part today. Uh, so if you haven't listened to the first part, it is going to be very confusing because I'm going to pick up, I'm going to almost pick up mid-sentence uh, in a question. So so why don't we get into it, Andy, and then afterwards maybe we can we can kind of discuss sure. some final thoughts on it. Yeah. I'm thinking of, you know, someone that's in a church of 800, 1,000 people they, they may be a small group leader. They maybe lead a small group and they are feeling this way. Do they just continue to operate just in that small group and then just put up with the church? Because oftentimes it's from experience, it's very difficult to speak and change the culture yeah. of, of the church they're in. So how do you balance between maybe maybe being attached to a culture that you don't agree with because right. I guess the way it could work, I, it could work this way. I could just um, put up with that and then just work with the, the small group that I have and talk about culture, talk about putting these things, following Jesus, discipling one another, you know, having yeah. an outward looking mentality. But that would maybe be 10 or 12 people out of a church of a thousand. Does that yeah how do you i mean what yeah I, yeah i could just imagine it being very disillusioned yes disillusioning being in that kind of scenario so i'm going to give a i'm going to give a fixed answer and a not so fixed answer so i, I don't want to just be all wishy-washy and say you know do whatever I, but there's a part of it that i think needs to be 
pretty firm and then the part that's people need to work out on their own. So the firm part is, do you believe or not some of these things we're saying? You know, you do need to make up your mind. People need to make up their mind about these criticisms of the American church. Do you know, have, do we have cults of personality? Have we become overly programmed and relying on those formulas and programs to do everything? Are, are we depersonalized? I mean, everything that we, you know, that list you gave, people need to grapple with those things and decide, do I believe this or not? Are these things true? Are these fair criticisms? You know, is this Jesus speaking to the church of America the way he talked to the seven churches, you know, back in Revelation? Okay, let's say you go, yes, these two, these are our problem. This is the rot and the poison that is wrecking, you know, ruining the American church. The question of what you do next with that is trickier. Some, and that's where people kind of need to answer their own, they, they need to go before God and know themselves and know what they're going to do. Um, some I can see staying and doing exactly what you said. Um, stay in that big mega church and try to create a haven of person, of, of the personal but there's a cost. They do it with your eyes open. Like, don't. In other words, if you've bought into what we've just said, then you know you're staying in a. You're in an organization. You're in a thing that the culture is working against you. Uh, you know, are you willing to that for that? Now, you can still have grace towards people. You know, Francis Chan, who was leading one of those. You know, he he came to these conclusions and said, I'm not going to be a perpetrator of that anymore. And he walked away from it, you know. Um, a person within one of those churches, I can see that, you know, people staying in and trying to make the best, like do the best with what they've got. I could also see people um, walking away from that, you know, saying, I, I can't, like, it, it's just too... It's just too discouraging. It's too like trying to live that schizophrenic. Well, one big reason to not be there isn't in, in judgment so much like you're messed up. I'm more it's I'm at odds with you. You really don't want me here <laughs> because I'm I'm going to be undermining you. And I don't believe in undermining, you know, the people that the, the pastors or the church that I'm in, you know, assuming the best that these pastors mean well, but that they're misguided. Uh, you don't want to be in a position where undermine undermining them. So how are you going to walk that? Like these are things a person yeah. needs to consider. And I guess the bigger question there, though, then I'm concerned about is where do people go to? Because you know we you talked about you know we're talking about church as the organization, but actually we know that as as Christians we need relationships with other Christians. Uh, that's what we were. That is the church. The church is the family of God. So. If I'm in a situation, like you said, and I, I feel like I can't set myself up in opposition to the culture and I walk away, then what happens? Okay, good. Because I think this gets at the heart of, of once again, like I think we all struggle with, the, those of us who are struggling with these things, even though we think we're clear in our minds that we know what the boogeyman is and we're not, we're still we still keep knee-jerping back to our what we were all raised in. And so your question really gets to the, where do they go to? They go to each other <laughs> because that's the church. And so your, your earlier point about pastors, 
we pastors tend to have this, whether we think it consciously or not, we send the message, and I think we have believed this, again, not consciously, is that we kind of have this picture of the, if you think of like the concentration of the Holy Spirit's power and workings, it's concentrated in the center where the pastors are, and it sort of diffuses its way out, you know, and the people on the far fringe, you, you know, don't tithe and don't, well, they got like the least of the Holy Spirit going on in their life. <laughs> And the pastors being the pastors, well, that's where that's where it's happening. And so that's why you follow those guys. That's just not that's just not biblical. Like God gave his spirit to all his people. Now, are different other levels of maturity? Absolutely. I get that. But maturity does not peg to positions, you know. Um, you can have a fully mature follower of Jesus who's not a pastor in a church. Um, absolutely. And so the Holy Spirit is with his people. Do pastors trust that? Do they believe that? Like, so I, as a pastor, would say, you know, it's fine if you go, well, I'll give you this example, China. So, so China, you know, persecution, you know, they always go through their waves of persecution over there. And what always happens is that persecution comes, they, they get driven into the house churches away from the, the official pastors. And then the church grows and they end up with these little house church pastors. And when I was in Omaha, they had a connection with a person who was like kind of helping a lot of these house churches, um, Chinese American guy. And um, all those pastors wanted was a particular Bible and one commentary. You know, they just give us that in Chinese and we're good. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, and there's all, all this growth, like growth as in people coming to Christ and, 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 a, and, a, and a vibrancy. Um, they didn't need the professionals. <laughs> in fact, getting pushed away from the professionals, you know, seemed to do some good. Yeah. And so do we, do we believe that? Like, do we believe, like I, as a pastor, even among my, like, and again, I'm, this is drawing a little bit from Eugene Peterson. When I go to someone's house, I have to remind myself, Jesus got there first. As a pastor, I don't go in there with all the answers and the agenda, and I'm going to help this person grow and blah, because they're just a lazy bum that needs to get kicked or whatever. No, they're one of God's people. Holy Spirit's in them. I've got things to learn. Am I going to listen to them? Um, I do serve a purpose, but I'm not the center of the church. And so that's a long answer. But the point is, where do they go? The pandemic has been great. For us, it, it, it's it been fine because we were just a church plant without a building anyway, so nothing really changed. Not a lot changed. We already didn't have a building. We already, but we got a lot of folks that, came, you know, everybody, yeah, everybody in the church comes from the, what they're used to, but, but the pandemic has been good, and some get this better than others bringing people back down to what really is the church. It's not about meeting in a building on Sunday morning. I mean, we all say that. We've been saying that for 30 years. It's not about Sunday morning, but nobody believed that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because everything, everything is set up that, you know, yeah. it's again, it's like we say this, but everything's set up to be missed. Yeah. So our, our people are, st are struggling still. I think the pandemic has helped because it hasn't left the option. And so they've been forced to try to figure, you know, it's, it's a forced redefinition of church, but, but yeah. they're, you know, starting to get the hang of it. 
It's funny as you're speaking there too. I think I think the fear that that goes through my mind too. This idea of you know, okay, if you leave, then find you know find those other people. I think you know for years those of us that have grown up in the church have been conditioned that you have to be in an organized church, like for it to count. I know that sounds silly, but for it to count, there has to be a head honcho. Uh, you know, like the idea of the idea of a house church of getting together with people seems like a lot of work seems like a lot of responsibility and pressure uh and and you know and not having the umbrella of of people to catch you uh is a bit scary but if i think about the new testament church i think oh that fear and that responsibility is probably closer um to the ideal of what it means to be a follower of jesus and being on mission for him uh than just attending um a regular church where i'm just a just a participant in in, in those things too and i'm not saying this for everyone and i I realize there are some risks i mean um in these things too but again like you said do we really trust that uh, when we follow Jesus, that the Holy Spirit is within all of us in an equal measure, whether Eugene Peterson, Francis Chan, or James Shorter, they all have an equal share uh, of the Holy Spirit. They, it plays out differently. We're all dif- differently gifted, but there's nothing that, um, there's not not more connection that they have. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, no, I know what you're getting at there. And, and so many of these things, I think it's a whole other discussion, but, you know, the devil is great. His best thing, like that quote, is to always, tr- the best counterfeit or the best poison is always that one that's just one, it's just a, it's not the way out there stuff. It's the, it's just a little warped. And so what we have are these counterfeits, like, but but the good thing is right. It looks very similar. So the desire, or the or the idea of belonging, like that New Testament church. So they would gather at the temple courts. You know, they would gather, and the idea of, of Christians gathering in a in a group in a bigger group to worship, to be together. I mean, there's something beautiful and good about that. This picture of you know Revelation of everybody worshiping God at once. Like, but we then. You get a different feel, different spirit when you read Acts 2 than, than belonging to an organization. There's not a belonging to an organization. Like, I just don't see Peter or Paul going, hey, you know, old Jedediah didn't show up this Sunday. I wonder what's going on with him, you know. Like, they sh- because they weren't showing up because, like, this was this thing that proved your allegiance they showed up because they had these glad and generous hearts and they were excited and like they wanted to be together for crying out loud they just wanted to be with each other and but we we religify it you know we turn it into and i you know as a pastor and i still struggle with this um but definitely when i was in the more in the machine you know when somebody's not showing up what goes through your head are all these judgmental. Now, sure. I mean, people are lazy. You know, people have issues, and and there's there are commitment issues there. But 
why is it that, I don't know, we pastors would just assume all these bad things and that they had commitment issues, that somehow their commitment to Jesus was measured by the, the you know, how often they showed up on Sunday. That's just such a shallow measure without actually knowing them. It may be an indication of something, but that's as far as it ever went. If they do show up every Sunday, well, we don't even think about them. They're fine. They must be fine. Still don't bother to get to know them, you know, and there's something jacked up about that. Um, I'm not saying people don't have a lot of problems and commitment issues and all that, but but when, when, as, when it only goes as far as, you know, show up on Sunday um, or run a program or something, that just misses. So back to your point, if, if I know a bunch of Christians and, and in our day of technology and all this kind of stuff, like if I know um, that there are believers who are, you know, connecting with other believers, being honest, care about the you know the important things trying to work out life as a follower of jesus in fellowship with some others i'm happy if i can help them if they're asking for my help in some way shape or form personally or with the group they're with i'm glad to help but i trust them um i'd love to help them but ultimately you know that's what that's the church. Yeah. And, but I, I'm a believer. I love to gather and, 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 you know, I think the preaching of the word and doing communion together and the idea of being together is a, is a, there's a, a deep, a depth. There's a thing to that, but we cheapened it and turned it into something else. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, I think that's, I think it's helpful. I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a challenge. It's definitely got my, my mind thinking. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I yeah, see, you can see you can see the gears whirring, whirring yeah. in the background. All those things that we've said, the painter that we've, the picture that we've painted. Um, you've obviously planted a church, um, and you are leading the church with your wife Lashawn and with another couple, uh, Caleb and Becky. Mm -hmm. um, how are you guys going about as you begin? I, I think you guys are into your second year yeah right? yeah, yeah yeah so how are you guys as as a as a church and you guys are a church you're an official church you're a registered church yep uh, so, yeah there you yep. go so how are you guys trying to go about uh addressing uh these issues um different ways but um i think in general i i, I just to give a a reference or something people can watch if they want to get a picture of this or a feel there's a great video on vimeo uh called godspeed um that people can watch it's a 25 minute it's this pastor that or a guy in training to be a pastor i think he's presbyterian and eugene peterson challenges him to go off to scotland and and to, he's an american guy to and it's just a great beautiful picture that gives you a feel and a sense of what what we're talking about here of, of the old idea of a pastor in the church, um, which is personal relational. So just a quick, um, that, that, that's a great way to, to a 25 minute answer to your question. Um, but what that is Godspeed, the idea of Godspeed is traveling, you know, that when God entered this world to redeem us, he, he traveled at three miles an hour, which is the 
Jesus walking around Galilee, that he, he went slow, he took his time, um, and, um, and so, and, and it was about people. So what we've done, you know, we just don't, we're careful, like we used to kind of really bag on the, we, our language was very anti-program and programs aren't really the boogeyman, it's the idolatry of them, but we don't really have many, any programs. <laughs> Um, um, but it's, we just spend, most of our time is spent with people. Like we just spend time with people. We're, we're trying to get to know, um, our people and, and help them with a model it, model what that looks like so that, and then encourage the same in their own sphere. Like we have the time to get to know more of them. They don't have that time. They've, they've got full-time jobs and lives and stuff. And so, but they can model it in their own world of the people that are around them of to take the time um, to really be known and to know others um, and to, and so, and that looks different in different ways. You've got, so you, we, you know, we've got small groups, but we don't have a clipboard in the back and tell people join a small group, but we encourage people to gather. And so we've got different groups different groups of people are starting to gather in different ways to do different things, depending on where they're at. Um, but there's no one size fits all. We reject the one size fits all stuff. We, um, uh, we again, partly as modeling, but also just fill, fulfilling our role as pastors. We just think that our main thing is to uh, be with people. And so we spend a lot of time and it's amazing. Like the more time you spend with people, the more you feel like I don't have enough time to spend with people. Like I could spend hours, you know, these people are just amazing and deep and there's so much to them. And, you know, not just the challenges they face, but there's lots of beautiful things in them. I'm amazed at how much, okay. Most of, you know, I, I knew a bunch of these folks, there's the fire and everything, and the people in our church were people we knew from before. And so I was in the same church with them previously, but I didn't know them. It's amazing these people that I thought I knew. And now to actually spend time with them and get to know them is a whole different world. Um, so it starts with that. And we're in a process, you know, we're in a, probably a long arc, but step one is just to get to know yeah. Um, so kind of uh, concluding question, kind of last question. Um, you referenced before, and people that don't know, uh, you and I were based in Paradise in California. Uh, Paradise in California was the, the home of the campfire back in 2018, yeah. destroyed Paradise. Um, a lot of people from Paradise moved down to Chico, um, and they are part of what makes up uh, North State Community Church. So people that you had a relationship with. One of the things we've been talking about is culture today. And I always think of one of the issues with culture is if you've been brought up to think a certain way, or you've always been part of a culture that acts a certain way, it is very hard uh, to, to change culture. Uh, and especially if you have a big blob, like if you have a big blob, mass of culture, mass of people thinking a certain way, you bring one person into that, it's more likely that that one person will be changed by the culture than the culture will be changed by that one person. So one of the challenges 
as you're saying that is you you have people coming into your church and they're bringing the different cultures with you i mean what how do you set about the challenge of yeah of of changing some of those cultural expectations how does that look how how challenging is it in reality yeah Yeah. And, and and how do you go about it it's very challenging uh, again, I think the answer is embedded in the model left us by Jesus um, and in the gospel. And so it is, um, I, I will say, this is, this is a, a, a simplification or a generalization, but the older generations, it's tougher. And there's a reason, not just because they're older, um, partly because the younger generations feel that disillusionment that you've described. So because they're already disillusioned, they're more open, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that, that makes them more open to a cultural change just because they're already feeling either restless or something's wrong here, or something's missing, or they're just burnt out or they're burned, hurt, whatever. So they're more open to, to cultural change. Um, my generation and up, I've been amazed, actually, I want to be careful with that because a lot of them at least feel restless. When I talk some of these ways, it's water to their souls. They've been frustrated with the American church too. Now, but I have to identify with, with them because they're frustrated with it and yet because that's all they're used to. Yes, they, they, will, they will fall back. It's like an abused person. They'll, they'll go back to the abuser because it's familiar. <laughs> You know, uh, so the familiar is always an attraction, even if you know it's not good for you. And so I think that's what a lot of them struggle with. There's hope because they don't like it, but there's another part of them that still wants it, you know, so that's their struggle. The young are more open to change because they're young and young people are kind of that way, but also because they have a problem. But the answer I think is is trust. Again, the, the American church way is propaganda, lectures from the front, uh, get in line, you know, follow the leader. We'll either motivate you through motivational language or we will coerce you through leadership language, you know, do what I say. But the Jesus way is, is to actually be in their life in such a way that they look to you, respect you, and trust you. And in the context of trust, and, and that's as a pastor, but that's also, so I'm speaking for, you know, what do I do? I, I think it's through trust that then you have these conversations and you work these things out and people are more open to change. Mm-hmm. I, they don't want to be, well, most people, I, I, it's not as healthy, <laughs> let's just put it that way, to try to make change happen through propaganda and coercion. That's the easy way. That, and that's the way we have tended to want to do it. That's crowd control. And that's from the platform. The Jesus way is hang out with those 12 dudes day in and day out. You know, so the crowd walks away when Jesus says, eat my flesh, drink my blood, you know, blows their minds with the crazy teaching. Peter's stuck. He doesn't really understand what Jesus is saying either. But all he can say is, when Jesus goes, do you want to leave too? Well, where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Like he knows Jesus enough and trusts him that even if he doesn't quite understand what he's saying, he's not leaving. And that's that's what trust gets you. But trust in a relationship. 
-hmm. Like that's what that relationship gives. And so he was able to form those guys by being right up close with them. So I, that's, that's what I'm banking on is that by getting to know people, there's already a trust level, just increase that by being real and being in their life, letting them know me and me get to know them and caring for them. That as we wrestle with these things in their life and in our church life, uh, that the culture will, will slowly change. But we also got to be patient. Sure. These things take time. Yeah. Well, Dave, uh, you know, I'll be keeping my eye on North State Church if I see you uh, appearing with smoke machines behind you in skinny jeans and a flannel top, uh, playing an electric guitar while preaching, then... Uh, <laughs> do, do, call me out. Then I'll call please. you out. I'll call you out. So, <laughs> and no, thank you so much, Dave. It's been a really good conversation today. It's been, been a long conversation. I don't think we have... We've barely scratched the surface yeah, of, of yeah. some of these topics today, but I, I hope it's given people uh, some food for thought um, and just thinking through this issue and maybe even just a little bit of hope there um, yeah. that, that, maybe, that maybe there are action steps that they can take or things that they can start to, to process or do to um, that, that yeah. maybe, maybe there is hope um, for the American church yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll Let's see. hope. We can only hope. <laughs> we can only hope. We can yes. only hope. Okay. Thanks, James. Thanks, Dave. Okay, so there we go, Andy. So unfortunately, uh, Dave and I did not manage to uh, fix uh, the the issues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we can even begin to fix them. But uh, it was very some some good pointers uh, from Dave on perhaps what to do next. So yeah, again, I will affirm you, buddy. Very good, good, good chat. And thanks to Dave uh, for, uh, for being really honest, actually, about, about his walk. I mean, obviously I, I don't know Dave, same as you, but um, sounds like he's, he's been in it a while and has, you know, has been perhaps on the receiving end of some of that toxic church culture. So just really appreciate Dave, your, openness and honesty and some some real challenges in there so so yeah so yeah yeah definitely i mean it was definitely i think there's one point at the beginning of that second part where or maybe it's towards the end where it's talking about the gears whirring in my head mm, um, yeah. and i think it was especially after that part where we were kind of discussing the what's next and dave was talking about you know what what is the church i mean sometimes we get mm. so hung up on the church being the organization being the building yeah. being this being the structure um that if you start to think of the church as being um the people that follow jesus and mm. the community that get together uh, does that necessarily have to happen uh within the organized confines of uh of the church structure i think yeah. that in itself brings up a whole host of questions and discussions yeah. and and ideas and, and part of that too um it's difficult because i think the temptation the temptation is to be like okay well i'm i'm done i'm done with the organized church i'm done with mm. you know the structure of church i am just gonna um sit on my couch at home and <laughs> i'm gonna do my own my own church mm. um I, I think the the issue there is that you could I think my my worry would be that you you lose the community that we're yeah. we're made for that we need um you you lose those relationships that create accountability 
Mm. Um, and, and then you also, you also lose the challenge. I think sometimes when you go into an echo chamber um, yeah. where you're the only person in there and you're just hearing your own voice come back to you and affirming mm. you and saying, you're right, you're right. You don't, <laughs> that challenge doesn't make you grow. It doesn't make mm. you stronger. It doesn't make you study the Bible or, yeah. or, or question your idea of thinking. Uh, yeah. I think sometimes that, that you know, I could reflect that as an issue with the church. The church becomes an echo chamber and they don't have those voices that ask questions like, hey, should we be doing it this way? Yeah. Anyway, but if you're doing it just yourself, I, th- I think you'd miss that. Um, you need to try and find that community, don't you? That accountability. And I think one of the things that Dave had pointed out very well was that the current way that sometimes church can do community is just very, very it's like a business rather than a community, a family of, of believers. Um, and just what you just said then about trying to find different ways of making that community. With my CMS hat on now as the Church Mission Society, that is something which, which CMS are looking very uh, closely to now, this whole idea of, of pioneering new and creative ways of being church, of being not church the building, but church the ecclesia, the, 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 the group of, of Christ followers. And, and maybe being quite radical in, in how those ecclesias, how those communities are, are formed and perhaps very different to the kind of organized church, church structure that we're, that we're used to. Um, and some people will say, well, we've already had, we've already got fresh expressions of, of the church. And, and that is true. And it's brilliant. It does. It, it is reaching some people who perhaps aren't really that first about organized church. Um, but quite often, some churches, they, they are, they're quite happy to do creative and different things to kind of connect to people. But then there's a kind of underlying assumption that through that creative thing that those new people that we're meeting will come along to church on Sunday. And, mm-hmm. and that kind of ministry is not working, it's not successful unless it's bringing those people into church on Sunday. So it's still kind of like you're being creative, but then it's still, you know, going down to the bottom line of, like Dave said, butts on seats on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and again, it's moving away from that discipleship and relational thing that we keep coming back to on the far shore um so the idea of you know you make a decision maker um but we're not making people that make decisions to come to church what we want to do is uh make disciples of jesus and being a disciple of jesus is a continual thing where we're supposed to be changing to become more like jesus and that continual process doesn't happen to an individual it happens in in community um together it happens it happens yeah. to a group and you know there are it's funny we made lots of blanket statements you know I, you if you're listening to this you may go to a great church that is is yeah. focused on discipleship yeah. obviously all churches are full of broken people no church mm-hmm. is perfect yeah. um but i also think you know it's 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 easy andy I'd, I'd say it's really easy if you said to me james don't worry about this stuff you know don't don't care about this stuff just go and sit in the church service on a Sunday, enjoy the sermon, enjoy the music, enjoy dropping your kids off at the, um, at the program. program, enjoy your small group. Uh, mm. That would be so nice. Like yeah. to, to not, to not care. It would be, it would be really nice just to be a 
be a passenger um, mm. and to let people do stuff for me. But I don't think that that's what we're, we're called to be. We're, we were never, you know, when the Bible talks about what it means to follow Jesus, it never says, hey, follow Jesus. It's going to be a real comfortable, relaxing journey. Right. <laughs> uh, you're going to be looked after by a bunch of people. Um, no, mm. it said it was going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be a life of yeah. sacrifice. It was going to be a life of building relationships, long lasting relationships. People mm. are going to love you and look after you. But ultimately, it's a life of sacrifice, too. So I think yeah. sometimes we yeah. have to ask ourselves the question, if we're part of a church, yet we don't sacrifice anything, that mm. there, there's no there's nothing that we need to give up. There's no challenge for yeah. what it means to follow Jesus. Then I think we have to ask ourselves the question, are we truly following Jesus? Are we truly mm. um, on that mission to make disciples or are we just a spectator? Are we just a yeah. you know, member of the audience? Yeah. Man, that's such a that's such a challenge because I mean I see it in myself quite often and a lot of my you know peers as in you know Brits Westerners middle class you know we see church quite often as just another kind of social club that you know we're a part of that we go along to because it's actually quite nice it's quite comfortable we see our friends we can have a chat uh, and it's just something that that we 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 do and. And when we're choosing churches, man, how, you know, we church flirts a lot, don't we, about going to visit and, oh, I like, I like the music of this one. Oh, that one doesn't have a very good children's ministry. This one's better. It's like, you know, it's, it, we, we use the same criteria of choosing a school for our kids, you know, on, on how good their teaching is at a Sunday school. Um, and, and, and that is definitely not what church should be about. But it's such a challenge to move out of that mindset, something which is helped me in this challenge is is being out of the British American culture and actually being somewhere where there are lots of communities of 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 very poor materially poor Christians uh, whose church is not a comfortable church at all to be in there's no programs there's, there's no, you know, air conditioning. There's no comfy pews. There's no comfy seats. There's no coffee served after the, 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 the thing. You know, it's next to a rubbish dump. You know, you, you, you literally do uh, run the risk of being mugged or, you know, going into church. But yet people go. And they're going not because of what they're receiving. Some of them are going obviously with wrong motives. They think just by going to church they're Christian, but but it's 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 at least it's they face different challenges than than the ones that we do, and and yeah, so that's that has definitely helped me uh, a lot in this in this challenge. Um, the church we go along to at the moment, you know, that doesn't have anything of of what Dave has 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 described. Um, but yeah, really, really, really interesting. And actually, just to yeah. finish off my little my little thoughts. Um, I think the thing that I that really struck a chord with me from what Dave said was actually back in the first part. Um, it seems silly actually because it's such an obvious thing, um, and it was his his thoughts and reflections on on what the pastor's role is, and actually you know the pastor being a shepherd of a flock rather than you know herding cattle and driving them and. And I, I really appreciated his his thoughts and on that of, of how a pastor, you know, a shepherd in the you know, why did Jesus decide to to use that terminology, that analogy of of a shepherd rather than perhaps some of 
some of the ways that we that we view pastors, you know, nowadays of kind of celebrity status, untouchables, you know, the leader of an organization, the CEO type of person. And that's not at all what what pastors should be like. So anyway, so I, I, I found that very interesting. It's all about people and processes rather than yeah. projects and yeah. programs, right? Yeah. And I think to finish as well, I was just going to recommend kind of three books. Um, so if, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I don't even know where to start or how to frame my ideas or how to even think mm. of things differently, then I think there's three books out there that I've read um, that kind of challenge the traditional view of church. Now, yeah. when we recommend books on this podcast, Ooh. I am fully aware that sometimes we recommend authors that maybe are broken people. Uh, yes. So anyway, so this is not, I'm not recommending all these people as people. I'm just recommending these books as <laughs> generating those different thoughts and ideas. All right. Um, you set so yourself I, up now. Oh, I recommend the book Total Church by Steve Timmis and Tim Chester. Uh, and then there's a book called Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, uh, yeah. which again is is a, an excellent book on kind of reframing, uh, reframing church. Good. And then I'm still waiting book. for the controversial one. Oh well, I've already actually said the controversial. Oh, one did you say? Oh, talk that, about it it. so that's it. So that's it. I, it's obviously not one that I'm aware of. Exactly. <laughs> I'll leave and it then, with your American friends. Sure. And then there's a book called Saturate by Jeff Vanderstelt. Um, again, all those three books, they kind of tackle this idea of church culture and mm. kind of reshaping uh, how we how we think and how we approach church. So I recommend they're all pretty easy reads. Um, I recommend uh, getting those three books and, and checking them out. Real. Thanks, okay. James. Yeah, no worries. I can even recommend a podcast. Are we, are we allowed to recommend other podcasts apart from my own? Uh, and other podcasts apart from, apart from the far show? I don't know. I don't, don't know if people I don't know have, of any. Won't we lose our listeners though if they go to the other podcast? What if it's it better just... than us? We already lost. We already lost listeners to Faith in Kids. We don't want to be, you know. <laughs> well, it's just I can't even. This I've set myself up now because I can't even remember the guy's name. But it's called the emotion, the emotionally health, uh, healthy leader podcast or something like that. Emotional. Anyway, the guy was talking about. Um, church culture interestingly so someone's obviously copying our, our, our ideas <laughs> and uh, but actually quite a lot of the stuff that he said was 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 very interesting about how how can we create a culture in our church of a focus on discipleship rather than all the other kind of stuff that churches think they should be doing um so 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 check that out can't remember the, the guy's name uh, but there we go. <laughs> it's called laugh. the emotion. You are right. It's called the emotionally healthy leader podcast. Thank you. Oh, By so some Italian go. Italian guy name. I can't remember his name. Uh, Pete. Pete. Don't know his last name. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for putting up with us, guys. We appreciate you tuning in for another episode, um, and we look forward to seeing you again on the Far Shore soon. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can email us at thefarshore at reviveinternational.net. To learn more about the work of Revive International, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, revive-international.org. Please subscribe to keep track of new episodes. We look forward to you joining us on our next journey being called to the far shore.